Uh, good, good morning. Is it morning still? Good afternoon, everyone. Um, I don't know whose this is. There's a lot of gadgets here. Um, so whoever, I can take it if you don't want it. Whose is this? Oh, okay. Oh, husband has come for it. And there's a lovely phone here as well. I don't know whose this is. Oh, okay. This is the Hunter family. Well, it's great to be back. Um, the last two weeks have been a very intense time um, for us as a church. Obviously, some of you are aware that I had to rush to India because our dear pastor, Samuel John Solomon, has gone to be with the Lord. It was a sudden thing. It was a terrible thing. He just died suddenly, had a heart attack and, and died. Um, it wasn't expected at all. And so, obviously, um, I had to be there to just um, stand with the family and so forth. And they do things really quickly in India. So he died on the Tuesday, and he was actually buried on the Wednesday. And so I got there on the Thursday morning. We went to the graveyard where his gravestone, tombstone had been done, and we had a, a short service there. And then just throughout that weekend, stood with the family, and then had to speak to the church as well, because obviously their pastor had gone to be with the Lord, and uh, we had to, in a way, put some things in place. Um, with Dr. John Solomon as well before I came back. They did the memorial service the, Sunday, uh, the Saturday after, which was a massive thing. Uh, so we really want to encourage you to remember the church there in prayer. And, uh, you know, they're such wonderful people. Sam was such a great man, and um, it's such a tremendous loss. And then I had to be in Kenya um, the week after that, the, uh, the Wednesday, so initially I was supposed to be there on a Monday, but we went, I went on a Wednesday, and then uh, we spent some time there with the churches there. Really, really great time. Pastor John, Philip, myself, and Peter who were there, so it was an amazing time. We had an apostolic summit, which was great, trained leaders, and then spent time with the church, the churches and the leaders there, and then came back on Monday. So it's been an intense time, and, but it's great to be back. And uh, it's great to see what God is doing in our midst and all the praying. And I heard you had an amazing time. Apparently, whenever I travel, you really have a great time. So maybe that's a sign. Hallelujah. Anyway, today is a great um, privilege for me. One of my dear friends, a lot of you won't know him, but one or two of you might remember him, um, Reverend Ola Vincent Odulele of Basic Trust. Um, he's been a dear friend of mine for many years. We kind of lost touch, but uh, recently reconnected, and so I just could not miss the opportunity to ask him to come and share with us. He's here with his lovely wife, Lola. Um, I want him to come, and he can um, take his liberty if he wants to introduce um, Lola as well. That's fine, but let's just welcome him as he comes. Um, Vincent, Reverend Vincent, God bless you. Praise God. Can we just give God a round of applause and a praise? Amen. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. I said give God a round of applause and a praise. Amen. It's, um, as Pastor has said, it's a joy, a privilege, an honor to be at uh, CLF Greenwich this uh, morning, my wife and I. Um, Pastor Joseph and Pastor Aisha have been a friend or been friends for a 
years and years and years. And um, it is true, we lost contact. I'm not sure if that's my fault or his, but um, we've both repented. <laughs> and um, yes, um, every time I get this chance, my wife warns me before I get up and she tells me, you know, don't behave yourself. But um, I cannot but um, acknowledge, recognize the only woman I ever proposed to. <laughs> if anyone tells you I proposed to them, they lied. <laughs> the only woman I married, I never intend to. And if I got the chance to do it again, it would still be her. Would we please appreciate Lola this morning, amen? <laughs> Praise God. She's, um, I don't mean that or say that because it sounds good. I, I say it because it's true. <coughs> um, God knows me, so he knew the kind of help I needed. So he pointed in that direction. And fortunately, this foolish man was wise enough to hear him. Can we appreciate my wife again, please? I won't stop. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Should I stop? Praise God. He's alive. He's alive. Glorious in holiness. Fearful in praises. He does wonders. He works wonders. Commander in chief of the angelic host. Bishop of our souls. High priest of our profession and of our calling. Eternal God, Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the ending, the author and the finisher, rock of ages, unchanging changer. He rides upon the clouds by his name, Yah. He reigns out of Zion. He's our God and in him we trust. He rides upon the clouds by his name, Yah. He blade the beams of his pavilion in the deep. He stretched out the heavens like a curtain. He set the sun, the moon, and the celestial bodies in their orbit. Who is like our God and who can compare with him? He is worthy of our praise. Would someone clap their hands and appreciate him? Would you clap your hands and appreciate him? Our God, our healer, our deliverer, our way maker, our bridge builder, our mountain leveler. He's worthy, he's worthy. If it had not been for the Lord, where would we be this morning? But he's at our right hand side. Therefore, we will not be moved. Our God has not gone weary by reason of age. His arm is still stretched out. He's able to deliver the treasures of his covenant. Who am I talking to this morning? Can I make my boast in my God? He that started the good work this morning, he's faithful to complete it and bring it to an expected end. He's worthy of praise. Please allow me, I get excited when I talk about him. He's worthy of praise. If you have your Bible with you, would you please look for the book of Psalms? 
Praise God. Chapter 114. And please stand for the reading of the word. Praise God. Praise God. You are welcome in Jesus' name. You're welcome in Jesus' name. Praise God. It'll be a quick one. But God, let's see what he has for us this morning. Amen. Have you found it? Psalm 114, I'll start reading from verse 8. Praise God. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah was his sanctuary and Israel his dominion. The sea saw it and fled. Jordan was driven back. The mountains skipped like rams and the little hills like lambs. Verse 5. What ailed you, O thou sea, that you fled? You Jordan, that you were driven back. This is a question. You mountains, that you skipped like rams and little hills like lambs. Tremble, thou earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, which turned the rock into a standing water and flint into a fountain of waters. If you need a subject matter for my brief dialogue this morning, it would be the question, what are you carrying? What are you carrying? Do me a favor, please. Turn to two or three people and ask them for me. Just say, ask them, what are you carrying? What are you carrying? What are you carrying? What's on your back? What are you carrying? What's in your baggage? What are you carrying? What's in your heart? What are you carrying? Would you lift up your arm of strength if you're Right-handed, we forgive you, but if you're left-handed like I, please lift up your left hand. Left-handed people are special people. We're unique people. We're gifted people. We're artistic and creative people. So, so just like, but if you're right-handed, it's okay. You can lift up your right hand. But, and if you're ambidextrous, you can lift up both of your hands. That's fine. But just lift up your arm of strength. Father, I ask in the name that is above every other name that you would make available in this pulpit and in the pews this morning the anointing that is required that we may handle your engrafted word with meekness. Give us an open heaven that your word that it may find its course and glorify the Father. Let there be an indelible inscripting on the table of every heart. Your immutable, unchanging, unwavering, unfailing, unfaltering word of truth. Do what only you can accomplish in this place. And above all, we pray you will receive glory. You will receive honor. You will receive praise. And the church of God shouted. The church of God shouted. Would you clap your hands violently as you take your seats this morning? You are welcome. In Jesus' name. Please shake your neighbor's hands, whoever's sitting to your left or your right, and shake your neighbor's hands. If you don't know that person, uh, please introduce yourself. I'm Dr. So-and-so, Professor So-and-so, I'm Minister So-and-so, Reverend, Bishop, whatever you are. Just introduce yourself. Now, say to your neighbor, are you glad you're sitting next to me this morning? 
Can't you feel the grace? Can't you feel the favor? Can't you feel the anointing? Can't you feel, can't you feel God all over me this morning? You should be glad you're sitting next to me. If uh, whatever I touch is blessed, just the fact that you're, <laughs> praise God. What are you carrying? Um, this is home for me. So um, please, um, for those of us that are meeting my wife and I for the first time, uh, wonder why is he, you know, uh, this is home. Praise God. So I will feel free and let's see what God will do. What are you carrying? The Bible says in the book of John chapter 1 and verse 1, In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word, it was God. All things were made by that word and without that word was not anything made that was made. In the word was life and the life of the word was the light of men. And the light of men, which is the word, shines in darkness and darkness cannot comprehend it. And then in verse 14 it says, and that word became or becomes flesh. And the word became flesh that we may all see it. Please shout amen if you're in the house. There was not anything made that was not made by the word. And this is just, I want to say this up front. All things that were made were made by the word and there was not anything made that was not made by the word. It is not that the word was in the beginning or God was in the beginning. The beginnings began because God began beginnings. Before beginnings began, there was God. And if God had not begun beginnings, beginnings would never have begun. Are we in the house, CLF? If God had not commenced beginnings, there never would have been beginnings. There was a time, even though you cannot call it time, because even time is subject to beginnings. But there was a time, a season, a dispensation when there was nothing but God, because God is the only creature or being that does not have beginnings. Therefore, everything that ever existed or exists, exists because of the word in the beginning. And that's why we call Genesis the book of beginnings, because everything that ever began, began in the book of beginnings. I wish you would clap your hands for God for a few moments. Are you in the house this morning? So all of creation recognizes the sovereignty, the supremacy, the preeminence of the word. All of creation is subject to its creator, which is the word. Shout yes if you're in the house. So the book of Genesis tells us about beginnings. And now if we step further into the book of Exodus, the book of Exodus is the book of journeying. Stay with me. It's a book of transition. It's a book of change, transformation, or metamorphosis. It's the book that teaches us about change and movement from one place or a state or position 
into another. Shout yes if you're with me. Stay with me, bear with me. This is what the book of Exodus teaches us. And so as we begin our journey from the beginning, we begin to learn from the books of journeying the principles that govern our travel. Ask your neighbor, what are you carrying? And the book of Psalms, chapter 114, starting from verse 1, says, Now when Israel went out of Egypt, talking about their exodus to the uh, promised land, the Bible says, The house of Jacob, leaving a people of a strange language. Please note for the sake of what I'm about to say in the next few minutes, that this was the weakest point in the house of Israel or Jacob. They had been in bondage for centuries. They had been afflicted. They had been oppressed. They had been denied. They had suffered all manner of affliction. This was their weakest point. And the Bible says here that when they left Egypt, when they left the people of a strange language, Judah was his sanctuary. The Bible says, and Israel, his dominion. Now, let me put that in because King James sometimes can be confusing. What the Bible is saying here is that the house of Israel was the sanctuary of God. What the Bible is saying is, this was his domain, the place of his domain, his dominion. This was where God chose to exercise his sovereign sway at their weakest point. Ask your neighbor, what are you carrying? And the Bible says in the fourth, third fourth verse, it says, and the sea saw the dominion of God and fled. It says, Jordan went into reverse when he saw the dominion of God. The mountains skipped like rams and the little hills like lambs. I'm confused here because this was the weakest point of the people they were leaving bondage. Push your neighbor. Say you have something you were not aware of. Just bear with me a few moments. Are you with me here? Psalm 105 says... Verse 14, he suffered no man to do them harm or wrong. He actually rebuked kings for their sakes, saying, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. I know very often we use that scripture in the context of people in ministry. But actually, if you're born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, named by his name, then you are one of his anointed, and kings will be rebuked for your sake. I, I need a louder amen in the house. Whatever came against you, even in your weakest point, the Bible says God rebuked for your sake. It says, touch not my anointed. His name is inscribed on the palms of my hands. I have the numbers of his hairs. I understand where he's coming from and where he's going. I'm with you, girl. I won't leave you or forsake you. I will not abandon you till you arrive at your destination. And whatever comes against you, the Lord God himself, he's Yahweh. We call him El Gibor, man of war. And he will fight on your side. 
sake that, or for your sake that you may hold your, shout yes if that applies to you. I need a louder yes. Shout yes if you're in the house. Are you here? No one could threaten him. No man or king could do them harm. They were untouchable. They were unharmable. They were his anointed. Are you here? There is something going on here that I need to explain in the next 10 minutes before I take my seat. Are you in the house? Joshua chapter 3 verse 11 says, Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passes over before you into Jordan. Are you with me? Now, therefore, take 12 men out of the tribe of Israel. Still talking about Israel. The church. Out of every tribe, take a man. So there is a representation across board. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that are bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, as soon as their feet shall rest in the waters of Jordan, please stay with me, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they will stand on a heap, because those that are carrying the ark have set their feet in the waters. My God, somebody is about to step into the waters. Somebody is about to experience something about God that you had not experienced to this service. Somebody is about to see God move in a way he has never moved on your behalf because a revelation of truth is coming our way. Shout yes if you're in the house. As soon as the priests that were carrying the ark, set their feet in the waters. The Bible says that the waters stood in a heap. Whatever has been speaking against you, whatever handwriting on the walls, whatever has not worked for you, whatever you've tried repeatedly and failed at, you're about to go try again and it will work for you. Shout amen if you're here. They were the carriers of the ark of the covenant. And such was the power of the ark that they were carrying. That the mere fact that they were carrying the ark, the Bible says the waters of Jordan would recognize who they were and part for them. The same will be your portion. There's something about the ark I will talk about for a minute or two. The ark of the covenant that I will talk about for a minute or two. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 24, every place whereupon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. From the wilderness and Lebanon, from the river, the river Euphrates, even to the uttermost sea shall your coast be. Everywhere that you go as carriers of the ark, I will give you the land for a possession. 
every nation, every tribe, every kindred will see you and favor your righteous cause. The Bible says it, and I believe it. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 3, talking about the Ark of the Covenant again. And they set the Ark on a new cart. There's something about the Ark. They set it on a new cart when God said people, priests should carry it. They set it on a new cart, a brand new Mercedes Benz with all the creature comforts. They set it in this, in what you would describe as the Rolls Royce or Bentley of the time. And as they journeyed with the ark, it, the, uh, the, the, the cart shook a little and they thought the ark would fall and reached out to steady the ark. And they died there because the carriers of the ark were meant to be the priests of God, not a new cart. There is something so awesome, so powerful, so profound about carriers of the ark that anything that is not in covenant with God that touches it may cost them. But you are a carrier. I wish you would clap for yourself this morning. Are you with me? Please stay with me. We're, we're on a journey. Are you in the house? As long as the ark was with the people of God, in fact, they would go into battle carrying the ark and their enemies would flee out of fear because they would say the ark of God is in the midst of the people. Someone say the ark. What is it about the ark? I'll draw this to a close in a minute. What is it about the ark that is so important? I refer you to Deuteronomy chapter 10, briefly. I'll read one or two verses. At that time, verse 1, are you here? At that time, the Lord said to me, Heals two tables or tablets of stone like the first. Come up to me in the mount and make an ark of wood. Are you here? And I will write on the tables the words that were in the first tables which you broke. And you shall put them in the ark. There's nothing as simple but as profound as this truth, Pastor. The ark that they were carrying was a wooden box that contained the covenant, the contract of God with men. Say amen if you heard me. If you don't get that, everything else I'm about to say may be a problem. As profound as the power, the import, the impact, and the effect of the presence of the ark that was carried by the priest was, what I find simple but profound is when I look into what was 
in the ark or what was it about the ark, I found out that the ark was simply a wooden box that contained the law of God. Say amen if you're here. If you carry the ark which contains the word, everywhere where the soles of your feet shall tread, I will give you for an inheritance. If you carry the ark that contains the word, I will rebuke kings for your sake. If you carry the ark that contains the word, I will make a way where there was no way. If you carry the ark that contains the word, then sickness will not be found within your walls. If you carry the ark that contains the word, then there shall be none barren amongst you. If you carry the ark that contains the word, then you will never suffer failure. And your feet will be established in your Canaan. Please shout a louder amen if you're here. So the word says, I've given you the land as long as you're carrying the ark. Are you in the house? Proverbs chapter 7 verse 1 says, My son or daughter, keep my words and lay up my commandments within you. Keep my commandments and live. And my law as the apple of your eye. Bind them upon your fingers Write my word on the table of your heart. Say to wisdom, you're my sister, and call understanding your kin. Someone shout his word. Say it again like you mean it. Shout his word. Shout it at the top of your voice. His word. Creation does not respond to good advice. Your circumstances will not bow to motivational speaking. Your enemies will not honor the size of your bank balance. And your marriage will not survive because of the level of your job. But the word that created all things, the word that was in the beginning, the word that, oh my goodness. And the Bible says God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was in a state of chaotic disorder. And the spirit of God hovered upon the face of the deep but nothing happened until the word was spoken. Whatever chaos, whatever your confusion, whatever your trouble, whatever the winds that are bellowing and the tossing of the waves, if you can introduce the word, the spirit of God that is hovering will move on your behalf. So ladies and gentlemen, 
when they carried the ark of God and approached the Jordan. Stay with me. I'm done. I want to come back. So I'll keep my time. When they approached the Jordan, carrying the ark, the Bible says, as we read in the beginning, what ailed you, O Jordan, that you fled? What troubled you that you went into reverse? I submit to us, ladies and gentlemen, that when they approached the Jordan as priests of the Most High, the anointed of God, People that knew their God, like the sons of Issachar, that understood the times and knew what Israel ought to do. When they approached the Jordan carrying the ark, they were carriers of the word, carriers of the covenant, understanding the counsel of God. And so as they approached, creation had to bow to its creator. Because the word created all things. I submit to you, your business, your career, your marriage, your children, your ministry, your relationships, your reputation, your past, present, and future. If you can only carry the ark, the ark will compel life to conform to the counsel of God. Have I said it? Will I not do it? Have I spoken? Will I not make it good? Am I a man that I should lie or as the sons of men that I should change my mind? My word is not void of power. It will accomplish those things for which it has been sent. I watch over my word to perform it. Shout yes if you're in the house. Be a priest of the Most High. Carry the covenant. And life will bow to what you are carrying. When I left my village in Africa and headed into England, I had to pack a bag. You know how things are now these days. I really... See, those that were not travelers before 9-11 don't understand how things have changed. So I had to work out what I could put in my hand luggage and what I could carry and check in. I had to prepare for my journey. I had to figure what I would need, how many days I'll be away and all of that. And so I put things in my case, trying to figure what I need. And that's why I didn't come to church this morning in boxers. Are you in the house? Prepare for your journey in life. Pack a baggage, pack a bag, and fill it with the word of life. It never fails. Your beauty may fail. You with me? You swing into church and men are fainting. But it's for a season. <laughs> are you in the house? <laughs> I was speaking to a young lady three days ago. She said, when I'm out of university, she said, she said, I, I, I don't intend to get into a relationship or get married for at least 10 years. 
She said, I'll get married by the time I'm 35. And I said, why? She says, oh, that, you know, I want to live my life, enjoy myself, fix my career, and then I'll think about those things. <laughs> I said, girl, you know, the guys are really on your case right now. But it's a season. <laughs> I said, you may find out when you're ready that all the, you know, all the, <laughs> and then now you'll have to settle for what's available. The only thing that never fails is the word. It never fails, is the word. It never fails, it's the word. So the Bible says, keep my words. Lay up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live. Even death is subject to the word. When Jesus was hanging on a cross, Eloi, Eloi, Lamak Sabak Thani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And death was knocking on the door. The author of life could not die until he gave death permission. So he said, It's finished, it's over. Until Jesus said that death could do nothing. That's why he says, You will be satisfied with long life. That means if you're a carrier of the covenant, I don't care what your doctor said. If you are a carrier of the covenant, until you are satisfied, the covenant you're carrying will not allow you to go. Where did everyone go this morning? Whose report do you choose to believe? The devil is sitting on someone's shoulder this morning saying to you, but that's not what happened with this person and that's not what happened with that person. My testimony is not what happened to this person or that. My testimony is the word of life. If the word of life says it, I believe it and that settles it. That's what priests that carry the covenant believe. Wave your hands from side to side. Wave them from side to side. Wave your hands from side to side. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. This is not your destination. It's a juncture. It's a bus stop on your journey. Your feet will be established in your Canaan. You will run your race and you will complete it. He will lift up your head. He will. He will exalt your horns like the horns of the unicorn and anoint your head with fresh oil. I wish you would wave your hands from side to side. The God of our salvation, our hope in times of trouble, he will take you by the hand lead you over this Jordan and establish your feet in your Canaan. He will cause you to mount up as with wings of eagles. You will go beyond those that have gone ahead of you. You will be glorified and God himself will enforce the riches of his covenant concerning you. Shout amen if you're in the house. Ladies and gentlemen, you are a carrier of the word. Please, let your testimony be, what did the Lord say? We live in a dispensation, a generation.
where church has become a social club. We live amongst Christians who talk about a God they do not know. We are in dangerous times when a prevalent culture tries to water down and alter the covenant of life. But we may change, God never does. From everlasting to everlasting, he's God. And truth is not what is going on. Truth is vascular. It extends into the past, the present, and the future. And the only truth you can find in life and living is the word. If God said it, it settles it. You're not sick. You are healed trying to be sick. <laughs> You're not broke. Poverty is trying, but you are rich. How do I know that? The word says it. I don't care what the bank statement says. I have more confidence in what God says. Please say amen if you're in the house. If you're in church this morning and there is sickness in your body or pain, please stand up very quickly. This is not show business. This is God business. Quickly jump to your feet. <sighs> now, if you're standing up and you can actually feel pain in your body or you could feel it when you walked into church this morning, wave at me. I just want to see you. You could feel the pain when you walked in this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I want everyone to help me here. I've been doing this 30-something years. Please don't try and figure out how old I am. I've been doing this 30-something years. I can't even explain it, but it never fails. Please drop your Bible, drop your pads, drop your lipstick, even if you're sitting down, and I want you to do something for me. Please. Now, this is a serious time. This is not a political rally or a social party or whatever. This is the church of the firstborn. This is the place of the pillar and foundations of truth. There are an innumerable company of angels here. If you're sitting down while everybody's standing up, just put your hands on your chest for a few moments. I'm going to ask everyone sitting down if you're sitting down, to clap your hands violently until I tell you to stop. Go ahead and clap your hands. I said violently. Can I have someone on drums for a few minutes? Can I have someone on the drum set? If there's someone that can do that for me. Come on, clap your hands, clap your hands. Is there someone that I can get on drums? Is there someone? Yeah. Please, someone on drums, someone on drums. Please clap your hands violently, violently. Come on, you can do better than that. Clap your hands violently. I, no, 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 I can't hear you. Clap them violently, violently. Come on, come on, come on, don't be tired. God needs your hands. This, you may not be able to understand it. You may not be able to explain it, but just clap your hands, clap your hands. Clap them, clap them, clap them. 
clap them, clap them. I want a warfaring militant. I want a violent. I want a responsive hand clap. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Clap them, clap them, clap them. And as you clap your hands, we rebuke sickness. We rebuke infirmity. We rebuke pain. We rebuke every viral infection, every bacterial infection, every fungal infection, every organic systemic failing. We rebuke you. High blood pressure, sugar diabetes will come against you. Every inflammation, arthritic pain will come against you. Every back pain, joint pain will rebuke you right now, right now by the invocation of the word and by the move of the spirit of God as the covenant carriers of God and the priest of the most high. I wish you would clap your hands like you're meaning. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. We root you out and we utterly destroy. We come against you. You will not prosper. This affliction will not arise a second time. Grant someone a testimony. Grant someone a testimony. Give someone a release. Is it not time right now that this man, this woman should be loose? I wish you would clap your hands. I need your hand clap. Hallelujah. 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 Clap them, clap them. I'm waiting for a sound. There is sound I'm waiting for. Clap your hands violently. Father, we thank you. 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 Hallelujah. We thank you. Father, we honor you. Every man and woman standing, we have done this at your word and commandment. We join our faith with everybody standing. Loose your grip. I speak health and healing, restoration. I rebuke pain. Loose your grip now. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Now, appreciate him one more time while you're standing. Just appreciate him and clap your hands. Everybody, just clap your hands. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can do better than that. Now, before you sit down, this is not for me. Pastor, I'm already encouraged. So you don't need to encourage me. But I want you to do something for a reason, and I'll tell you in a moment as I take my seat. If you walked into church and you had pain in your body, check the pain now. If it is not there, if it is not there, you cannot feel the pain, wave at me quickly. Check the pain. If you cannot feel the pain, wave your hands at me quickly. If you cannot feel it. Just bend your back or whatever and let me know. Just wave your hands if you cannot feel the pain. You cannot feel it. You cannot, you cannot feel it. Praise God. You cannot feel it. Praise God. You can <laughs> check it. You cannot feel it. You cannot feel it. Anybody else? 
Anybody else? You cannot, you cannot feel it? No, wave your hands so we see you. You cannot feel it. You cannot feel it. You cannot feel it. You can't feel it. Right, now. I give that not to say anything about myself. I couldn't even heal a headache. But I say this for everyone else that is standing and for some of us that are sitting down. And Jesus said, go show yourself to the priests. And for some of them, as they went, they were healed. Are you with me? As some people, I've been doing this 30 years, so I know. Some people receive an instant healing. And some people get home and then phone me and say, Pastor, wow. I've seen people with HIV AIDS healed just by clapping their hands. I've seen people get out of wheelchairs in crusades just by clapping their hands. I've seen people who were broke and bankrupted, who were healed of poverty just by clapping their hands. Your case will not be any different. I received a letter from a woman in the United States about a few years ago. She said to me, Pastor, you told us to clap, and I didn't even believe any. I did not believe it. Even if you don't believe, the word works. Amen. Some people are confused. So, hello. Some people carry the ark in a manner that means we help the faith of those. The woman said, Lord, help my own belief. And she wrote me a letter and said, actually, I had cancer at that meeting. She said, I didn't believe. She wrote me a letter and she was cleared of cancer when she went to check. Your case will not be any different. My joy, my wife and I am privileged. And the great celebration we have of being at CLF today is that your story changed. Be a carrier of the covenant. God bless you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Wonderful.